0: This is the Lost Art of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today's guest is Natsune Oki, joining us from Tokyo, Japan. Welcome.
1: Hi, thank you very much for having me on your show today. I'm very grateful. We're so so glad to have you here. Thank you. So let's start.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Natsune is an author and a TV host. So can you tell us a little bit about your various endeavors?
1: Yeah. So I have three ventures going. Oh, actually, sorry. Actually, two two ventures going on. The f- first one is Life Up Education TV, um, and it's a, pro- a media outlet that I'm developing to interview people from all walks of life, where I discuss about how can we advance the capability of humanity from the perspective of art and science. So we the biggest asset we have in order for be I mean, in order for us to be the creative being possible um, the biggest asset we have is the mind, right? Like often mind can be asset but also mind can be diability, depending on how you train to use it. So in this show um in the aim of talking about how can we advance our capability as a humanity, we talk about the mindset, like the power of mindset. So in that uh, regard, I do kind of similar thing. I would invite guests from, you know, uh, people from um, like in the past I had tech entrepreneur. Um, I have a very strong background in Uh, tech businesses. So I had a lot of those. Uh, I had another time I had this animator from Disney Studio. Like it kind of sounds random, but, you know, I really enjoyed talking about how creativity can be utilized in order for us to advance the humanity. But basically that's the art part I talk about. And the science part is process. We talk about process, for example, uh, entrepreneurship or technology, like these um, method is A science, right? That that concept that can be applied uh, by everybody. So, we would kind of talk about that uh, from the perspective of processes that people can use to um, best perform our capability. And then, within the same domain, I have the book coming out. Actually, it's out tomorrow. It's called The Game of Self Domination, uh, where I talk about how to create mental transformation in three different phases, which we can revisit later. Uh, again, and then I have another business in Tokyo. It's called the Foreign Connect, where I basically help Japanese businesses to launch abroad, launch businesses abroad. Wow, you're busy. Yeah, keeping it busy. <laughs> but mostly, I'm, I've been focusing on Life Up now, uh, especially the book. This is my first book, so. Mm-hmm. that's
2: fantastic so and just a heads up when this episode re- will be released your book will be out so people can go order it and yeah. um, get it right as this podcast is released so yep. tell me a little bit more about your life up tv web series I think that sounds fantastic that you're interviewing such a variety of different people from mm-hmm. tech um, entrepreneurs and Disney creatives <laughs> How, a very- I guess like communication wise what mm-hmm. have you found like have been some of the strongest traits of those people because they're so different right like tech to Disney um, animators
1: yeah I think from old episode we focus on the power of mind definitely this is like a common topic that lays on the fundamental at the fundamental and uh, because of that we talk a lot about like how it's important to take ownership which aligns a lot with what I talk about in my book as well. Um, But really when it comes to being a creator and leader in life, that means that you're more vulnerable to risks and rejections, but you have to kind of have the ownership. You have to have the courage to have the ownership, to own your decisions uh, in order for you to keep being creative and, you know, do your thing (laughs) instead of doing things for others. Um, So that's a common trait I think a lot of people have uh, who come, come in as a guest for my show. Um, And I also talk a lot about that in my book as well, like how you can do it in terms of process of building that uh, momentum and the emotion in my book. It's
0: it's really interesting that you brought up leaders have to be more vulnerable and, open to certain things, which is a really good point that I hadn't considered in quite those terms of maybe Mm -hmm. that's what keeps people from rising to leadership position. It's not necessarily about being powerful or being confident or owning the room or whatever. It might be that the people who actually rise to the top are the ones that are less afraid to be vulnerable or they are afraid, but they do it anyway. So what mental strategies do you have in mind or that you recommend or work with people on for helping increase someone's vulnerability and comfort
1: becoming more vulnerable? Right. So like you said, coming back to your point, really successful ones are not the smart ones, smarter ones. No one is smarter than you, quite frankly. Um, The difference is they're more willing than you are, right? Like they're, and then another thing I've been noticing lately is that, you know, people take things for granted. Like people take tomorrow as granted, but right. But in reality, nothing like you can take nothing for granted. Like there's no guarantee in life. Right. But by you, um, taking the ejections as something that's personal to you, the personal that's happening to you, that already show me that you're taking things for granted. You, you assume that this belongs to you, right? Like in reality, people are coming into your life to leave the comments, which doesn't belong to you. Like you can't assume these things mm, to be granted. Like, does it make sense? So you can't like, like you have to be appreciative for things you get because nothing belongs to you and you don't deserve anything. But I think a lot of people kind of come from this place of like entitlement of, like, I deserve this, right? Like, this is already inside of me, like, part of me. And then if you start from that position, you get rejections personal level because you're assuming that they deserve, like, you deserve these rejections. Uh, and I can also imagine,
2: like, if you're entitled, you won't be able to take any critiques either because you feel like you deserve, you're already at the top. So if you feel that, then if someone says anything negative slash like positive or negative
1: critiques, you won't be able to grow from that. Exactly. That's a really good point. You can't can't assume that they, yeah, they belong to you, you know, like you got to appreciate them. That's so
0: interesting because I've never drawn the parallel between taking something for granted and taking something personally. But what you're saying or what I'm hearing you say is that it actually is along the same vein because if you're taking something personally, you're assuming that, or you are feeling entitled to a positive remark, for example. So if someone insults you, you might take it personally because you take for granted the fact that oh, that should have been a compliment, not an insult. But if we actually go humble ourselves and remind ourselves that nothing is guaranteed, this insult is not going against anything. That is given to me, it is just something that is throwing me off. so it's a really interesting way to think about it. I don't think I fully grasp the concept, but it's it's definitely a point to ponder
1: mm-hmm. and it, once again, I guess another thing i um, I think about a lot is having a very high sense of emotional intelligence where you also understand that nothing is ever about you, you know, mm-hmm. like it's pure product and market fit. In terms of, you know, from using, borrowing the concept of business in economics, which is my background, right? Like it's purely, everything is about con- context. You just need to find a context where your virtue, where your strengths can be used in a useful way or be appreciated by, uh, well, I guess, kind of like become popularity board, uh, boat, But, you know, be appreciated by as many people as possible. Um, So nothing is ever about you, you know, and like, we're all interdependent rather than, well, you have to understand that we are all interdependent, but whereas people tend to see, look at us because we're, we're only able to uh, experience whatever we perceive as a reality from this physical entity unit, physical unit. Right. But in reality, like we're not matter, like we're solid particles moving really fast. So the world itself uh there's nothing uh, there's nothing solid in this world. Everything is just moving in the vibration, right? So if you think about that, there's really no like I'm just dense, dense uh particle moving really fast so that you can recognize me as a solid matter. Uh, but if you are able to kind of see the world like that, you really understand the concept of wow, really, the world is one unit like nothing is ever about like any particular being but more of like a balance of the entire world. So when you are able to have this thought, rejections and hardships or whatever happens that tend to feel personal really doesn't appear personally anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's say someone
0: really struggles with taking things personally though. Why does the fact that we are all energy and we're all one unit, why does that make it no longer personal to me is it does that mean it's about the other person that insulted me or is it you know what kind of mental tools do you give people who so struggle with that?
1: it's more like if you're having a bad day today there's space for everything in this world if mm-hmm. you're having bad day today there's a space for better day or good day for somewhere else in the world and no. then everything is balanced everything has a season that being said if you're having bad season right now that season won't stay here like you're going to have a better season so you know when you look when you're able to look at the world from this lens of thinking lens of thought you kind of understand that really like we we feel like we are navigating through this individual life as this physical unit but it really doesn't work like that Like everything is balanced, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. And
2: I think it can get really easy to get stuck in that individual mindset as mm-hmm. like the world revolves around me and this is my venture and this has to work and my life is everything. Mm-hmm. But I like how you bring it back to we are all connected and there is a balance to it all because it's so easy to get stuck in that negative mindset if one negative thing happens. Mm-hmm. I know this is true for me. If one negative thing in my day happens, my whole day, if I look back on it, is a mm-hmm. negative experience when it just might have been like a half hour of my day that was negative. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in the micro level that that balance, right? So applying it to your whole life is a really interesting tool to remember, hey, there's going to be negatives and positives. There's gonna be a wave, right? Mm-hmm. And it's gonna come back up at one point. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that's super helpful for both business leaders and
1: just being a good communicator, right? Mm-hmm. So and knowing so, your you know, growth. Another way I used, I think another more personal way I use to think about this is that like, for example, the other day, two, three days ago, my, one of my very good friend lost a lot of money because, um, the, he invests in bitcoins and then the market crashed like so horribly that day. And then he lost like super fucking ton, ton, ton of money. And he called me and he was like, not to like I fucked up like shit. And then he was like really draining, right? Like in these, chaotic emotion of like oh shit like and I told him I didn't tell him it's okay you did okay like you know you can't contribute I didn't do none of that I told him good you're gonna do this more I told him that if you can't if you're gonna dwell on the losses and failure right now you're not gonna be able to become better investor in the future if you want to make your living out of investing, you're going to fail like even bigger deal. And if you do on this state right now, you're not capable for even accepting the success further because the greater success, there's going to be greater failure. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you focus on the true skill of handling the adversities like that, instead of, you know, focusing on the fake, um, I guess I I don't know like a look better or like an impress other kind of Mm -hmm. skills you really get to the core skill of what is really important.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're saying a better response to that situation would have been to see what can I learn from this experience how can I grow
1: and handle it gracefully so that in the future this doesn't happen again? Yeah and just don't dwell. you know like things happen and Once again, I guess it comes back to the point of having a very high sense of emotional intelligence is there's no alternative. Like what is happening to you right now is what's happening and there's no meaning to it. It's your thinker that wants to attach meaning to it, whether it's success or failure. But in reality, what is happening to you right now is what is happening to you right now. That's Mm -hmm. it. There's no, there's no, um, you know, success, positive or negative feeling to it. You are the one who's deciding if this is positive or negative for you, you know? So just Mm -hmm. don't dwell. Like if something shit happens, just don't dwell. Like just like if you have the time to dwell, like work. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I guess that's the approach that I have. Um, And yeah, so I don't, I'm not interested in spending time on failures and losses. Like I much rather, to put that exactly same time to be emotionally intelligent and just move, move on and do something about it to create a solution. solution.
2: Yeah. This is reminding me a lot of um, a book, or at least the title of the book, um, Mark Manson. Trisha, remind me if this relates to you at all too. We read a book called, um, wasn't it called F Your Feelings, Fuck Your Feelings? I didn't read that one. I wrote The Subtle Art. Oh, there was
0: another... But you read the second one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, And while initially that sounds like such a harsh statement, I think it is kind of connecting to what you're saying, like thinking about how you can't be controlled by your feelings. While your feelings are really important to notice and connect with, you can't be controlled by them. And I think that relates probably to why you called your book... um, The Game of self domination Can you tell me a little bit more about the book? And if if, I'm assuming that the title is relating to this concept. Is that true?
1: Yeah, completely. Well, not entirely about like, you know, deleting your emotion is my final message. No, it's not my final message. But really, I wanted to redefine the definition of success, happiness, and failure, because there's a lot of talks around, let's redefine the definition of failure, but there's not enough talk around uh, defining success and happiness, which is also subjective. But I think a lot of people tend to outsource what it is from what it's pushed to us the most, you know, without necessarily digging really deep into, um, their own selves. Like they're not looking for answers internally, but, you know, they tend to look for answers externally or outsource answers from external sources. So I really wanted to, um, create a book that talks about that uh, because I think that connects directly to, you know, one's well-being and that's really all matters (laughs) in life. Um, But so basically the whole book predicates on three different ideas. The first one, well, not sorry, three different ideas. Um, What I meant to say is creating how to create mental transformation in three different phases. The first phase I talk about how to create momentum and decisiveness in life. How can you be finally committed to whatever the decision you make, right? To change. And then to do that, you need to be inspired and also you need to be disparate in a sense. And I'm going to explain what that means. So basically you have to be inspired in a sense that you have to really truly believe that whatever you're dreaming of right now is possible to achieve. In the same time, you have to be disgusted about your situation right now. And there's no no option but to change. Is the kind of state you need to be in order for you to create the momentum and commitment, finally. And then the second phase, moving to the second phase, I start talking about uh, the importance of self-awareness. And also, this is the chapter I talk about how we tend to see, I'm borrowing the quote from, the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle's, where he says happiness is the virtual activities of the soul. And we tend to see the life giving us two different motivations for us to strive. The um, one is reward. Another one is threat. And we tend to look at them as uh, being existed in the different side or opposite side of the spectrum. But in reality, they exist in one one spe- uh, one side where the word only exists in the extension of threat, meaning that only by overcoming your adversities, confronting yourself to challenge like and then expand yourself in the direction into the direction you want to grow into, then you are truly able to meet your full potential and you finally find who you really are, you become collectively become who you truly are so that's the way to look at it. if you look at it like that threat and the word exist in the same direction right so I talk about like what is this person you want to be right and then let's define the direction you want to grow because what we are signing up for is not the outcome we get out of the life but what we're signing up for is those failures and the small you know successes and failures that, um, the goal puts us through. So success is not guaranteed, but most definitely failures are a lot of time. So let's pick, let's pick goals based on process instead of the out, outcome. Right. So I, I talk about that when I talk about the importance of self-awareness And then moving on to the third phase, I gradually start talking about really macro sense of why we are here, Um, and then once again the uh, redefining the definition of success, happiness, and failure uh, at very like personalized level and not so overused way. Um, So that's the whole book. And I guess, sorry, to, to back to your point, um, I called it the game of self-domination because throughout this journey of the book, uh, really the summary of that comes down to how important it is that we don't let adversity, things that happen to us or things that, mm, mm, Well, things that happen to us, and then the emotions we create as a result of these things to take away our control from, right? Like our will. And really, mind is the biggest block you have if you want to achieve something, right? So I really wanted to um, get that message out with a short form, and I don't know why, but the self domination sounded so cool, <laughs> like a badass. So I thought, oh, yeah, I just yeah. yeah I used
0: it. So what inspired that? Because that's a lot of obviously we made. And so many amazing points. And it seems like you've thought through a lot of these things and probably lived through a lot of them. So I'm just curious did you have some low point where you were in that period that you mentioned where you have to be in that point of disgust with mm-hmm. your life to get that momentum to change along with inspiration? So I'm just curious did, what prompted you to write a book right. like this?
1: Um, yeah, well, there's been multiple times, I think, coming back to the beginning statement, like, You know, I mentioned about the fact that when you're a leader, you're more vulnerable to rejections and risks. Right. And that kind of has been me. Like I was always outlier looking back. I was always very courageous person. So I chose a path that people not many people chose. Right. And then that just automatically put me in a position of vulnerability for risks and rejections. So there's been a lot of times I think strong and powerful moments of my life where I didn't have anyone on my side to confirm confirm me that I was doing something right like I was doing something right for me right so I had to gain my own mental framework or the you know mindset guidebook I guess to work through these dejections and doubts.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: So you mentioned too, in the first phase of your book, remind me if I got this correct, but making decisions and, and sticking with your decisions. Yeah. That's something that I personally struggle with too. And I know Trisha does too. How, tell me a little bit more about that. What do you suggest for people to stick with the decision, to make a decision, to kind of, you know commit?
1: Um, well, I mean, without commitment, you can't really start anything, you know? And then the first phase, I, the reason I put it as a first phase as making a decision is because resilience matters more than making actual decision, you know? Like execution matter over idea kind of thing. So what I advise usually is that, like, um, you you also need to have a courage to love yourself and forgive yourself if you fuck it up like if you fuck up something right so I tell I encourage people to just pick and choose whatever with the easiness and try it if you fuck it up that's okay like you can try another thing like and then um like for me I think it's more that you just need to taste different things and then you have to have the courage to Keep loving yourself, even if no one, you know, loves you anymore because you fuck up so much. <laughs> like, I mean, courage is needed in that kind of situation for you to say, look, like, I'm not going to give up on myself. Right. That's a self-love. So for me, the importance of it is that, like, I think a lot of people are scared of making decisions because they're afraid of what people think still, you know, mm. but mm-hmm. it, like, you know, as long as you. Like whose opinion do you care the most when you fuck up? Like yourself, right? When you notice that, I mean, you can make different decisions and you can fuck up and you can just start over again once again. And, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, and then once you uh, kind of, like when you know you choose something that really resonates with you, with your virtue, according to my book, with your virtue... You kind of like understand it because you keep coming back to the same thing, like over, mm. and over time. So you're just gonna have to stick with it uh, as long as it feels right for you, and that's where the resilience part comes in. And uh, resilience is very important because if you are not patient and if you're not um, s- uh, staying with the same decision wrong enough, like really nothing can be achieved. So don't just don't blame yourself for you know, choosing different things or being all over or quitting too fast, you know, that's, once again, that's probably the point of having a high emotional intelligence. Things Mm. don't have meaning. So what is happening to you is what is happening right now. And don't do well on your failures and losses. Just move on. Like be willing to work with whatever you got right now and just move on. That's it. Like there's no blaming or failure in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you've mentioned high emotional intelligence quite a few times. So I'm just curious, what do you think is a good first step for people to identify if, whether they have emotional intelligence or not, or something that we can all do to improve in that regard? Yeah.
1: I think in terms of what we can, like what people can do to improve is risks, taking risks. I think that's the only way. Um, You know, like I can I can tell people to do something, but if something is not true to them, they're not going to take them as their truth. Right. So it doesn't matter. So I think the most practical way that I learned in the past, especially when it comes to emotional intelligence, was I really had to jump on it. I really had to get the true sense of it from throwing myself at the situation where it was so risky and there was no other option but for me to be stronger and for me to develop that skill to survive in that environment, right? So that's the answer for the second one. And sorry, what was the first one? Oh, what's the definition of that? Um, I would say probably the biggest, biggest definition of having a high sense of emotional intelligence is you being able to perform when you have emotions like I mean it's natural that you have some sort of emotion right like we're emotional beings uh but you know whatever it takes like the method can be anything like you can take some time off when you feel frustrated like I've done that too like I've lost something and or even like you know friends like this was when I just started my company or something like i i had the friends who were around my age and basically i felt shit because i couldn't afford anything they could afford and in reality i was working double the time i was you know doing everything really and then over here like these people supposedly less capable than i am which is like i'm doing the quote unquote sign because that's not truth but you know i i felt like that because I was working so hard. I was, you know, being an owner in the business and, you know, these people had employer and everything like that. Like, I just felt like, shit, like they're having a hundred times better life than I do. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it was just so harsh. Like I felt such a loser. I felt just like, wow, like what a, you know, crown I am like, you know, but when I felt that, I also knew that I was doing that to myself. So I just took a moment. I just decided. So at that point, I literally, I was working from, you know, in the morning, the moment you I wake up, like it was, I don't know, like really like five minutes after I wake up, I'm working like five minutes before I sleep. I'm working like that was the kind of situation, right? So I never took the time off of my computer at that time uh, for some time. And that was like a first time in like months that I actually said, fuck it. I'm just going to take some time off here. One hour, two hours is enough. I'm just going to go do completely something different, clear my head. And, you know, two hours later, I'm back on computer. I'm just like doing my thing. Right. So that's one way. That's a one method. But basically the point of this is that when you feel shit like that, like, if you're able to do whatever it takes for you to kind of come back to that state where you say, well, this is what's happening to me right now, but it doesn't have to define me or it doesn't have to do anything with me. Right. But it's just the context that I have to go through with the kind of decision I made. And then just go back to, you know, I mean, if you're being logical about what is happening right now like that is what it is right like it, it didn't say anything about my status it didn't say anything about who i was or it didn't have to define me really or define anyone but it was me who was doing this but i was able to pick myself up and get out of that state at that time as quickly as possible at that time now probably i do a better job but that's that's one thing i say Uh, If you want to be emotional, like have a high sense of emotional intelligence, just be able to do anything to be practical. Like whether that means you take some time off and just, you know, come back to later, come back later or whatever it is, just be able to come back to the reality and be practical regardless of the emotions you have. Yeah, I think taking time is
0: one of the most important things we can do for ourselves and feeling okay, stepping away from the stresses of the day and just checking in with ourselves and saying, what am I feeling right now? And how can I move through this? How can I process this logically instead of being so go, go, go? distracting, anesthetizing with all of our daily actions. So I I love that. I think
2: it's interesting too. We've been talking so much about ourselves in this episode and it is a communication podcast, but it relates so much because it all stems down to how we communicate with ourselves and all of these tips that you're giving us relate to how we're eventually going to be communicating with others. Because when we're communicating with ourselves in these positive ways, building our emotional intelligence, making decisions, becoming more confident, that will relay into how we communicate with others and build relationships, build ventures, and all of those exciting things. So I love how this is really hitting home. Building communication with yourself and self-worth mm-hmm. is going to create a better life in the long run. hmm
0: So if there was one, we like to end every episode with a takeaway for our listeners, so an actionable to-do that people can put into place. If there's one thing that you could give as advice, whether related to communication or just improving your emotional intelligence, your feelings of self-worth, whatever it is, if there's one thing that our listeners could start doing today, what
1: would you suggest? Well, I would say mindset training is not like one-time investment, you have to train your mind. Like, it's like a muscle. You have to keep consistently do, train it. Um, so, in terms of, you know, habits, making habits or doing something consistently over time, like I would recommend people to start really training your mind. Self-dominating. <laughs> and don't, yeah, like don't assume that Three months, you know, three months, like two weeks, whatever the period is, amount of that is enough. Like you got to keep doing it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: until you imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine (laughs) it's a lifelong process, which, um,
2: you know, is the work that you have to do. And some people think it should be very quick and it's not. And I appreciate you making those points because it's lifelong.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much for all of these tips and advice and thoughts. I'm definitely pondering still some of the points you made. Where can our listeners find you?
1: Yeah. Um, my name is Life Be- Up Well, not my name, but my <laughs> media name is Life Up Education TV. My name is Natsune Oki. Uh, my book, the name is The Game of Self-Domination. You can find me at lifeupeducationtv.com you can also find me under life up education tv on all social including tiktok instagram youtube facebook LinkedIn. excellent well everyone
0: buy natsune's book and go check her out on life up education tv thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you very much for having me